everybody, and welcome to Burn After Noticing, the Burn Notice Watchthrough Podcast, hosted by two guys who have never seen the show prior to this podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Paul. That's me. I'm Paul. Hey. That's him. You're hearing him now. And we have another guest this week. Very excited to have them on. You've probably seen them on Twitter. Hopefully, if you haven't, they're at the Bonster Girl. That's B-O-N-S-T-E-R Girl. Uh, they're Jordan, and they're here now. Jordan, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for coming, Jordan. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very excited. So are we. So are we. <laughs> um, I'm stoked. And I, I just want to, like, right off the bat, kind of um, ask you your history with the show Burn Notice and if you've ever seen the show or anything like that. So I watched the first couple seasons of Burn Notice in college, be like my freshman year of college because I had a boyfriend who was into it. And then I never watched sounds it again. Cool. <laughs> wow. Sounds like, sounds like a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was fine. He was kind of boring. But other no than that, way. yeah. Yeah, seriously. And if, no, if I mean only super exciting. In 2007, it should be uh, True Blood, obviously. I meant um, that only really exciting people have ever watched the show Burn Notice, so that's what. Oh, I of meant course, yeah, time. yeah, that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> only the coolest people watch the show, okay? And, it, and only the coolest people are listening to the show. So if you're listening right now, you're probably the coolest person in the room wherever you're at. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> it's actually kind of bizarre that you guys started this right when you did it, because my best friend in uh, my Women Who Code group started. Uh, watching through Burn Notice again and was talking about it in like our group chat. Oh wow! So it's it's very bizarre. She she was just like, yeah, I love this show and I watched it like way back when and now I'm watching it again. I think it's great. That is awesome. So, it's been it's been on my radar. The people are clamoring. Like I said, the people are clamoring for more Burn Notice coverage. We we are giving the people what they want. It's what we do. Yeah. Exactly. Right, we'll get we'll get into our thoughts on uh, this this episode first. But we have yes. some Bruce Campbell related news. Uh, Paul, you sent me this link uh, prior earlier in the week, and <laughs> if you aren't sick about the Marvel movies as cinema uh, debate already, well, Bruce Campbell has finally weighed in. Absolutely, Bruce Campbell knows what the people want. Talking about what the people really want, it's it, it, Bruce Campbell is of course a man of the people. He's a man of the fans. He is uh, he is a fan legend, and uh, he had a little bit of issue with what Martin Scorsese had to say about the MCU not being quote unquote cinema. Mm. Um, so we all we've been we've all been uh, you know entrenched in the Marvel discourse. The MCU is or is not cinema discourse for a while now, so we're all familiar with that. Bruce Campbell and we're all enraged, right? Yeah, we're all, we're all super, super mad. Super um, enraged, very invested. Yes. I need to defend I, my Martin Scorsese movies. has had to say. I am very mad that Glasses Man director make fun of my movie I like and how he's mean to my stories. Um, <laughs> I think it's unacceptable. I don't think you're a true Marvel fan until you have posted four boring pictures from the Marvel movies saying, how could this not be cinema? Yep, oh, you need geez. to post a picture of Chris Evans like smiling and looking off camera and then also being really buff with a shield and saying, get you a man who can do both. 
Yes. <laughs> I love that. Like Boomer Marvel memes. <laughs> Boomer Marvel, absolutely. <laughs> or uh, like the unironic Thanos stuff, like thinking we should like wipe out half of the world to like bring balance to the universe. Mm. Well, like uh, I was going to say specifically related to Bruce Campbell's take, because he was like, he kind of both sides did, right? I mean, he was just kind of like, every movie is just as fake as the other one. Nothing is real. Well, Guess what? I have that. I have the, so I have the first quote, and I want to I wanna Sam X this one a little bit. Oh, um, okay. So he, his quote is, Scorsese was ragging on Marvel movies, right? Martin Scorsese is one of our greatest filmmakers. So when he says stuff like that, it hurts. But it's not like movies like that are easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna be done with the voice now. But it's not like <laughs> movies like that are easy to make. And it's not like the Irishman doesn't have digital effects out the ass. The Irishman has more digital effects than any Marvel movie, I can tell you right now. To get Robert De Niro to go from nine to hundred and eight, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of digital work. So his kind his kind of full of or, I'm sorry, so Scorsese's kind of full of crap in that respect. Which like I'm sorry, what? <laughs> right. He's he's saying that that the Irishman has just as much CGI as any Marvel movie, which you know is a little bit. But of the a Marvel movies are like 98% CGI. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I to his to his point, they do a lot of work doing the aging up and aging down. But come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and like every movie to some extent is going to have some kind of like background digital effects added, like even if it's not a big budget cinema blockbuster, whatever. Oops, I called it cinema. My bad. Um, <laughs> cinema. Cin- yeah, with an film. S- it is film. No, it's cinema with S I N because it's sinful to call it cinema. Oh man, or maybe it's maybe it's Kristen cinema because it used to be radical and now it's part of the corporate machine. Oh man, it says a lot Ooh. about society. Ooh man, think about <laughs> it. We live in a society. Yeah, and like the he continues no. on. With the, he's saying, I'll try, I'll try my Sam X now. Every movie's yeah. just as fake as the other one. Nothing is real. Guess what? You're doing a real story about Aaron Brockovich. That's not even what Aaron Brockovich looks like. It's not a real story, <laughs> even though they say it's a real story. So nobody gets to play. I'm a filmmaker. You make silly Marvel movies. No, they're all bullshit. Every single bit of every movie is bullshit. Good bullshit, lousy bullshit, boring bullshit. They're all as fake as you can get. It's a good quote, regardless of what the what it means or whether you agree with it. It's a fun quote. (laughs) It's all bullshit, Michael. Directors are a bunch of bitchy little girls. (laughs) What were you saying? Was it just like every reporter like sidled up to the nearest person to them and said, Hey, what do you think about this whole Scorsese thing? Uh, probably and especially if you're well i mean if you're bruce campbell like you know exactly who your fan base is and you know that all these nerds that are yelling about this all go to the conventions and pay 25 bucks to take a picture with you so you gotta win that's true you gotta win he's i mean if, if bruce campbell is nothing if not very savvy he's definitely like a um nerds nerd type of guy yeah like to your credit, Josh, like when you said he kind of both sides it, like you notice he opens the quote with saying not, I mean, he's complaining, but he also opened up with Martin Scorsese is one of our greatest filmmakers. Like right. he's not going to say that, but he's also not going to rag on the MCU because like, what if he gets to play a villain in Thor six? <laughs> right. You can't slander. You can't slander the people. Of who course, are employing. And you know what? Bruce Campbell's always getting the bag and I do respect that. It doesn't make me. Nice. What has Bruce like Campbell him. been in recently? Ooh, that's a good question, actually. Um, I think the last really big thing he was doing was Ash versus the Evil Dead, but even that was like a few years ago. Yeah, the, it was like an Evil Dead <laughs> sequel TV series. Is that right? Oh, was he I in that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I admittedly didn't see any of that. Stuff, I didn't so either. I'm not sure. 
Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Bruce Campbell makes money just being Bruce Campbell and just going around being himself. Like, he doesn't really, he kind of doesn't have to work anymore, right? Right. He's, he gets, yeah. he gets to ha- live like a Sam Axe-style semi-retirement. The last thing so, he did was Tangled the Animated Series. Oh, my voice God. Work. Brilliant. <laughs> Perfect. That's Do a thing work. I didn't know yeah. existed. He's doing Okay, so work. the only thing I've seen Bruce Campbell in is Bird Notice. Like, I have no, oh, really? I have no context. Yeah. Oh, man. Or, well, like, as, like, recognized him as right. himself. Wow. Uh, I, I was going to say, if you're interested in horror movies, I would absolutely recommend the Evil Dead series. Yeah, yeah, Evil Dead was at Army of Darkness. I, I admittedly, I'm not a big horror guy. Like, I only know stuff, like, really through pop culture reference more than anything. But just by, like, having, like, horror friends, like, I kind of just hear about that stuff. Mm. Like, I feel like Bruce Campbell is, like, a bigger a, a bigger pop culture figure than anything that he, like, he, he, he exists as, like, this guy, not as, like, one character or anything. Like, as himself? Yeah, yeah like, George, like a George Clooney-esque kind of thing. Oh, a thousand percent. Like a Nick Cage type? Nick, like a Nick Cage type. Absolutely. Uh, I was a resident Nick Cage expert. Let me ask, what would you think (laughs) of of Nick Cage in any burn notice role? Like uh, Nick Cage. Oh, my God. Would you would you who would you want to have Nick Cage be in this in this series? It's a great question. Well, as a Nick Cage historian, (laughs) if you're (laughs) unaware. Nick Cage expert myself, comma. (laughs) Um, I did a Nick Cage podcast. I've watched every film that he's made through 2015. Oh, um, it's called Enter the Cage. You can find it on iTunes and anywhere else you get your uh, your uh, podcasts. I forgot what the word was. Um, as a Nick Cage uh, historian, I would say that what would happen with Burn Notice would be Nick Cage is cast as Sam. And then he would realize that the like hunky, sexy guy is Mike and try and get them to change it so that he could be hunkier and sexier than Mike Ooh. is. That, that Absolutely. I love that. That's, that's so great. Ch- yeah, that's perfect. Damn. Nailed it. You are. If, the, I was going to say you are the and, Nicolas Cage story. I mean, Travolta would make a hell of a Sam X if we're doing it that way. Ooh, Yes. Travolta's, I think Travolta's impression of Cage and Face Off is the best Nick Cage I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really great. I love it. Yeah, Face Off is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. It's so good. Damn. It's wonderful. Could, yeah, I could be here all day talking about Face Off. We need to uh, be careful that <laughs> we're not going to get into this at all. <laughs> good point. Good point. Well, we can... I could talk about like Bruce Campbell and Jeffrey Donovan being the, the Face Off characters. <gasps> Holy Ooh. shit. I don't think, like, I don't think Jeffrey Donovan's Michael Weston is very, uh, you know what, though, like, his, uh, maybe just his characters, honestly, I don't know if he's good enough to do that, but I feel like he has some crazy moments where he could maybe match that energy. I just want to see him try. I want to see him attempt his Sam X impersonation. You guys are talking about, like, the the lead, the CW yeah. guy? Yes, yeah, he's the, the lead guy. It's like, he, he has a face, and that's why he got this role? <laughs> yeah, yes. pretty much. Correct. <laughs> he's got a face, yeah, it, and yeah. he was in relatively good shape, pretty good shape, so he's the spy. I think he got this role specifically because he does that like smile and look off camera thing like four times an episode. Oh, man. Yeah, very big teeth, and I think that's what got him the role. But you know what? I mean, he is he is charming in a strange way, but like not in the way he thinks he is. I yeah, a little that. bit. There was... there. 
I would, yeah, and I'm sure you guys are being charmed as you're watching through this. Oh, <laughs> like you're, you're getting used love. to him. You're gonna start liking him by the end. <laughs> you're probably I mean, not wrong. I, so far, it's it's really Sam Axe and Fiona that that get me as characters, and also oh, uh, Michael's mom, who I will talk about again. Michael's mom plays another part in this episode, I think. Um, yeah. So how so, do you guys? Yeah. I'm sorry that I haven't listened to any of the previous episodes of this. No, podcast. you're fine. Um, do you guys normally do like a recap or cause I have like so many I things know, I want to say so... about the episode. Oh, we're so going yeah, to we're gonna get into that right now. So the recap is really okay, easy perfect. because much like, uh, another great TV show, Firefly, this show does the thing where it's the same recap every episode and they kind of catch you up to speed in like 30 seconds of like the whole series, but it's the yeah. same thing every week. Um, and so that's, so that's a question we like to ask our guests as well. Jordan, did that 30 second recap do enough to get you up to speed? Oh yeah. I think it kind of it kind of sets the pace as like really quick and kind of frantic in the beginning and then I didn't feel like that like quick pace that of just like information 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 mm-hmm. and like nothing but just like everyone just explaining what's going on. I felt I I wrote it down. I think I was like 9 or 10 minutes in before I was like are we done with exposition yet? <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is we're Never. not done with exposition yet. No. <laughs> it's it's very fast-paced and just like they, they're constantly just throwing information at you, starting from the very beginning. It's, yeah, they love to narrate. They love to narrate. Dude, Weston mm-hmm. is like, he, he loves, like we've joked about it on the prior episodes of here and it's it's constant in the show of he has those little plat, spy platitudes where he's just like, you know, uh, big, being a, a spy and going to a bar is a lot like going to a library or whatever. <laughs> like he tries to I wrote that it one to down. real life. <laughs> yes, so did I. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything. Yeah, spies go to bars for the same reason people go to libraries. They're full of information if you know how to ask. Oh. It's so and then, corny. Oh gosh, his brother was yeah, we'll, so we'll bad. Let's 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 try, let's try to go chronologically because I do want to talk okay. about um what, what's his name uh, Nate Weston. Yeah, I would definitely want to talk about Nate Weston. Yes. Um, so we open up with the same drone shot that pretty much every episode opens up with. Hey, guess what? We're in Miami. In case you guys forgot, we're in Miami. Establishing shot. Definitely, we're a hundred percent in Miami. Uh, and just in case you weren't in, uh, reminded we were in Miami, we get one of the most Florida sports bars, which I do respect. All the sports bars in this show are very much accurate. That's the, that's what they all look like. Right. Do you live in Florida? Um, I've, I've lived in Florida for a brief period of time. But, you know, if you've ever visited, like, any Florida, like, tourist town, all the sports bars are, like, changed that look like that. Gotcha. Cool. Like, you're, like, from, from Fort Myers to Miami to, uh, like, I lived in the Keys and, like, some of that's like that. Um, yeah, you get those. You get the sports bars. You get Sam X, who apparently brought trivia flashcards to the bar to like play games with Michael, and there and he's doing little sports flashcards, asking like the mo- especially in two thousand seven. Yeah, this, like, it wasn't like, a game; it was spy training. <laughs> right, yeah, doing tradecraft. He's got to like keep catch up on the local. And I love too. I don't, you know, I'm not a Miami Dolphins fan, so I can't speak to how they talk about their team. But it's like they they almost couldn't legally say the Dolphins, so they just ca- calling them the Fins. Yep, the fins. I wish you would have said the fish. That's always a good one. The fish. Oh, you know, the the it's the fish, Michael. <laughs> we love those but, fish football teams. 
of course, me being like a total dork, uh, as soon as he said, who was the Dolphins or who was the Finn sax leader in 06? I mean, he was like, Jason Taylor. Duh. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, obviously. And then the next question is a Dan Marino question, which was just very I was lazy. screaming like, Dan Marino at my television. But that's, I mean, that's almost like, I mean, not, not even almost. That's way too lazy writing to have Dan Marino be the answer for any of your Dolphins trivia questions. Come on, man. Try real. But he says Barry Bonds because he's uh, Barry Bonds. He, he notices somebody is uh, tail like like us like basically tailing him. Yeah, he's so distracted he goes to the wrong sport and then immediately goes into a screed about how Kobe Bryant is better than Dwayne Wade, which in 2019, yikes. Mm. Yeah, it's like well at the yeah I guess at the time because this was before uh, LeBron Even went then, to Miami, um, so. Also, Kobe's been, uh, <laughs> let's just say some character issues, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, that's putting Don't it mildly. Don't get in any trouble. Yeah, but he basically, he starts this bar brawl to kind of get, um, so he can lean in and basically like, welcome to Miami, assassin man. Like, he wants to establish that he, he knows that he's being watched. And also, I love that uh, immediately after this bar fight, um, Sam's just pissed off because it was his, um... Oh, his fucking horny sports bar that he loved going to. Yep, of course. He's got a tab. He's got a tab all over town. Um, also, I love how um, comrade is check for asshole. That's something else I learned today. Uh, I yeah. Okay. What the? I, I learned some translation <laughs> today. Thank you. Thank you for teaching me language. Burn notice. I was like, I was crazy. I didn't rewind it, but I was like, he said comrade. Why is it like translated to yeah, asshole? I did that twice with subtitles on, and you heard that right. <laughs> That's insane. Yes, yes it is. Uh, so he he basically though he understands that somebody's like trying to kill him. So he like okay he's MacGyver. We've said this a lot too on the show. He is Jordan definitely MacGyver. He's MacGyver because he MacGyver's all of these little booby traps and he like yep. almost kills Sam. The Rube oh yeah, Goldberg that's like a shotgun. huge. He almost kills two people, but the first <laughs> time Sam just okay. So he booby traps the door with the shotgun. You open the door, you're going to get your head blown off. Sam just, like, swings that sucker open. <laughs> and the other two of them are, are, like, standing in there. And it's like, uh... He's like, yeah, you're I'm not dead it. somehow? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> not a very mad. effective booby trap, maybe? I don't know. I guess it wasn't... I guess the insinuation was that it wasn't loaded yet. And Fiona goes, ah, just a few more minutes. And there's one thing that you'll learn, uh, that you probably did learn okay. very quickly here, Jordan, is that uh, Fiona is a bloodthirsty ex-IRA psychopath. Um, and she just wants to kill. Yeah. Her solution is murder everyone for every scenario that they're in. Oh, also, That's one thing that really bugged me about the show when I first watched it through. So I'm like, I'm, I'm a recovering missionary kid. So oh, yeah. uh, I went to like a really Christian college and I was like super Christian for a long time. Um, and when I first watched Burn Notice, I was like appalled that none of the women in Miami wore bras. Like I was that oh. kind of person. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Um, they, and so it's revealing, you know, and, and Fiona, I've, I mentioned this before. Fiona has never had both shoulders covered in this series at all. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> never once has yeah. she covered both shoulders simultaneously. <laughs> Yeah, so she's like she's like super risque and like bloodthirsty and stuff and I had no patience for that the first time I watched this through. And I got to say, I'm a more open and cultured person now and I still didn't appreciate her very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's interesting too because um uh 
shit. I, I was lost track of what I was going to say about her, but she's basically um, like feuding all the time with her. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. Now I remember because as you did, you might have watched the first episode a while ago, but like she's Irish or like she's from the UK and she like switches her accent and she never goes back to the Irish accent at any Code point switching. anymore. Code switching. How dare she? Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> it makes it makes her character even weirder. Yeah, we talked about this and last they're week. Like she was, she's an English ex-lovers, woman like right? Her. Yes, yes, they are ex-lovers. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, which we talked. Yeah, that was like a big character development thing. Is like you find find out like the context of their relationship, and like that comes out later in this episode when she gets wildly horny. Uh, signature Fiona. Yeah. I mean, she's already what glistening when they open up. Like when they open up with her first shot uh, in the apartment, she is like glistening Dexter style. Like, she's just sweating from, I guess, just from being horny. Just, like, existing just makes her <laughs> just warmer. I don't know. Well, okay, but she, she does have to exist in Florida. Like, that yeah, I don't hold true. against her. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Also true. But, like, I, I, I do, like, appreciate that, like, in this show, like, everyone seems to be getting sweatier with each episode. Like, oh, yeah, we are in Florida. <laughs> It's all Talk bubbling about up. Work. It's like, a, Talk it's like about... you know, preheating an oven, or about because we're 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 prepping for them to eventually have sex. I'm assuming. I'm well, not this episode, folks. No, nope, she not she, this time. She touches all over him at one point, but still Holy no sex. Shit, oh my yeah. god, she <laughs> so grabs his nipples and then like doesn't let go for far too long. Yeah, yeah oh, she basically. And we're it was like it was like it cut back so and forth fun. to like three different like clips. <laughs> And I was like, what is happening? We need it to oh, stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So before we get to uh, Fiona sexually assaulting Michael, uh, they, we, we talk about some wet work. And then Sam comes in and says, you know, don't get me kicked out of the bar. Before you go, I'll chuck Norris on him, Michael. Ugh. Which um, reminded me of something that uh, I think Bruce Campbell and Chuck Norris share in common is their uh, online deification. So I pulled up. Uh, some of our favorite internet. Uh, it's Chuck Norris facts, folks. Oh no, <laughs> I was not. So, I did not know you were doing this. <laughs> I got you. I brought you guys some Chuck Norris Fuck. facts. Um, did you guys know that Chuck Norris counted to infinity twice? Counted uh-huh. to infinity twice. Wow. Yeah. Did you know that Chuck Norris can build a snowman out of rain? Oh man! Nice. Did, did you guys what, know like that... with like a, his his cold stare? Is that what it is? I think maybe the cold stare will freeze it, or maybe he can just he can bend the molecules to his will, like Neo. Uh, um, did you know that Chuck Norris can do a wheelie on a unicycle? Nice. Oh my God. You, did you know that sh- there is no theory of evolution? That there is just a list of creatures that Chuck Norris allows to live. Oh my God! When did, so is this like? What site did you did you pull this off of like an old fucking website? <laughs> this is off of a still existing website, chucknorrisfacts.net. Wow. Folks, this episode brought to you by chucknorrisfacts.net. Hey guys, are you tired of going to the post office for your Chuck Norris? <laughs> Who's facts? still paying for this domain? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the, they're Chuck in Norris. charge of the Chuck Norris API. Yeah, it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> Chuck Norris is paying for this. When when I was in coding boot camp, there were several people who made a Chuck Norris facts randomizer for their first ever coding wow. project. Wow. That is so epic bacon sauce. <laughs> <laughs> epic. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's time appropriate. That uh... <laughs> No, my I have a, an interesting Chuck Norris fact. Ooh. Please. My 
Aunt and uncle invited Chuck Norris to their wedding because he's a friend of the family. He didn't show up to the wedding, but he did send them a very expensive wedding gift. Wow. And I have drank out of, like, crystal glasses that Chuck Norris gave my aunt and uncle. That's pretty awesome, actually. Damn. I was really hoping you were going to say it was a Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, I we're forgot gonna he was of, like we're the Bowflex guy. We're going to get out of this factoids with this. Was uh, he Chuck the Bowflex Nor- guy? Uh, it was, was it a Bowflex? It was something. It was one of those home gym I products. definitely remember those commercials. I don't know if um, it was specifically Bowflex, but I totally remember that. Well, uh, Chris oh, Benoit's other... Bowflex endorsement didn't really work out, so they're going to need somebody. <laughs> my other Chuck Norris fact is as a kid, I took karate, and it was Chuck Norris's like karate that he created called Shunkook Do. He has his own karate? He did, and then while I was like at that school learning that style of karate, thinking it's super cool that this is Chuck Norris's karate, he like stepped down from the foundation and his brother like Andrew or something stepped into his place so it was <laughs> like a <Weston>. different Norris <laughs> it's like a knockoff Norris's karate was what yeah, I was dude. learning wow. I wonder if he was like Nate beards? Weston where it like looks like him but just has a goatee <laughs> yes I love it. wow that's actually those are actual facts too that was actually really interesting that and is not a legit epic Chuck Norris sauce. fact thank you thank you <laughs> actual factual Chuck Norris things (laughs) oh man we'll get out of here with this Uh, Chuck Norris's calendar goes straight from March 31st to April 2nd no one fools Chuck Norris oh Jesus (laughs) all right uh, so we pass the Chuck Norris we meet uh, we meet the 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 fail son of the Weston family we meet Nate Weston when he tries to put Michael in a chokehold not realizing his brother's like a fucking secret agent and he's just gonna get his ass kicked uh yeah right and also he won't stop saying bro 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 i mean that very very fail sound like behavior though so i you know he's got big he's got big like justin kirk vibes like if justin kirk wasn't doing weeds at this time like he would have been perfect for this character mm-hmm. uh it could have been james franco if they could afford him if they could have the moment him. that nate walked onto the screen i got an incredible migraine like I just cannot stand the dude. Like oh. everything about it is so cringy. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, he sucks. I I wrote I wrote Nate sucks in my notes like multiple times. <laughs> um, but you know who doesn't think Nate sucks is mom. Their mom. Mom's got a weakness for the dipshit fail son. It's been the biggest weakness in her armor that I've seen yet. Oh yeah, she loves her her children despite their clear disdain for her. But especially Nate, she like definitely has a soft spot for what a big fucking dummy Nate is and how dependent he is still has to be on mom because he's always screwing up. I'm sure it's because he visits his mom more than Michael did because Michael was off, you know, killing people well, in Africa. M- mom lives closer to the dog track. So right, he has right. to pay a couple of visits because he had to bet on those at the time, still legal greyhounds, um, an industry that no longer exists anymore, thankfully. Right. Mm-hmm. It's down. I actually read a great article about that. It's down to like very, very few tracks, and it was interesting, like b- about the like dog trainer people that are out of work now. But like, also, don't raise dogs. It's fucked up. My uh, coworker is adopting a greyhound through a rescue. Oh. And she's been in the process for a long time. Apparently, their rescue is like short on dogs right now. But as at the end of the year, when officially like all the racetracks shut down, they're gonna have like 
hundred thousand dogs or something right. to find homes oh, for. Wow, Folks, yeah. go adopt a heckin' good doggo. Ten out of ten, wood pet. Yeah. <laughs> Boop those snoots. Boop those snoots. Greyhounds are actually very awesome dogs to have because they're like they're big and they can be kind of like scary or like rough or whatever dudes like out of dogs. But also they're just like big pillows. They just like wanna sit there. Yeah, they're big sweets. They're awesome dogs. They are great. Yeah, greyhounds are great. Yeah, we love them. We love them. Folks, go adopt pets. Go adopt all of the pets. <laughs> Hell yeah. If, Do if, it. If that's anything you come away with, you're listening to this. Do it. Um, cut off your compulsive gambling dipshit kids until they shave their goatees and uh, adopt a pet. Well, nothing <laughs> Nothing ventured, nothing gained, bro. <laughs> that's right, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. So, well, so Nate brings um, a, a, a little scheme, a scheme of the week. Uh, he's our quest giver this week. So he comes with the exclamation point above his head, and he says, hey, bro, I got a job for you. Yeah, then the, the job is pretty interesting because it's, like, this is probably the most, like, fucked up villains of the entire series so far. And also very timely. It's a timely subject matter. Um, Honestly, it's something it is. that we're, uh, we're going to have things to say about. So... We, th- he tells them that uh, their friend from high school's daughter uh, ran off with some dipshit boyfriend, and he's not talking. Uh, she's not calling back, and he needs help. All this is happening while mom is ashing her cigarette into her hand. True queen. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. I, she's just an absolute queen. I love her so much. Chain smokes like no other. She's great. Just a great character. She's fun. And uh, and then I love this. It's like a great metaphor for their whole relationship. Michael's exasperatedly like getting this plot while always standing directly in front of mom, just ignoring her like wholeheartedly, like all together. Right. We're talking like about hey, there's like sex traffickers and like, terrible Fuck people. off, mom. Shut up. Keep smoking your cigarette. Whatever. I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so boys will we're, be boys. We are going sicko hunting. Uh, we are going to hunt some sickos. We get our, um, our our good guy of the week, and it's. Uh, one of our great TV actors. What is his name again? He's a uh, he's good too. Oh, I I have no idea. Like I I wasn't I didn't recognize him, so I have no idea. I didn't realize he was some TV actor. I forgot to write his name down, but he's in uh, a Netflix series called Unbelievable, and he shows up in a lot of stuff. He's like a he's like a TV character actor. We always get one of those Jordan. Um, like they're the they're like uh, either bad guy of the week or like. A uh, good guy that's like giving the job to Michael is usually like some semi-famous TV character actor or like a quote-unquote that guy. I get you. So like he, that other Netflix thing that is all about just that guy. <laughs> which which thing is that? Oh, there's a there's a documentary that's about like bit actors who you've seen like all, all across everything. Oh, really? Oh, that sounds yeah. Cool. I'll have to find what the actual link is and send it to you guys. Yeah, thank you. That sounds really cool, actually. We, we love character actors. One of the reasons I like this show a lot is because it's full of them. we got a whole bunch of those TV-type people, uh, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Um, so he gets the uh, the job. And, uh, yeah, so Michael, this is now our, what, our fourth episode. And every week he's either been rescuing a daughter or helping a dad or some combination of the two. Right, yeah, it's, he's like I... bringing families together. I was going to ask about that, actually, because, like, there are a couple of things that, like, you're just going to see all the time while you guys are watching through this. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be, like, Michael pretending to be something he's not and, like, what, what, like what his missions are. Right? <laughs> pretending to be a good guy. <laughs> I was thinking more, um, like, when he pretends that he's, like, a, 
a Mercedes dealer or something oh, in the bar his to get information. Like, I want to like know what are Michael's go tos. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got. Well, I think Brooklyn guy or like Boston adjacent guy. Yes. I, I th- for good reason because um, and I did write this down. Jeffrey Donovan's Boston accent does bleed out a lot in this episode. Like when he gets like mad at his brother and stuff. Like there's a couple of times where he like lets it go a little bit. Hey ma. Yeah. Hey ma. And there's another line where he uh, later on he's like, Yeah, when you get these guys off, you back. You back. Yeah, it's just really just fucking just some real depadded shit. Yeah, he's um yeah, I think Brooklyn guy is kind of like he hasn't really done too many characters yet. We're waiting for the very like fucked up problematic character to come out. And it kind of sort of did because there was a little bit of like gay panic homophobia on when they go to the bar with his brother. Did you read it that way? I thought it was just like, what? oh, well, my my friend here just is a little bit handsy or whatever. I don't know if that was... I, well, because he was like to his brother, he's like, you know, I take him out to a bar and he sees all these guys or something like that. It sounded like he was trying to demean his brother by saying like, oh, he's gay and he's horny. Oh, I think he was just trying to be like, oh, my friend here is too horny and that's why he grabbed your arm, like just explaining it away. I haven't really seen a whole lot of... there hasn't. Well, there was the one... There was the an art dealer. dealer that's maybe why I think of it now. Yeah, the art dealer thing, because it was a little bit macho, a little bit of a, oh, I don't want to see those things, those statues. I'm not fucking gay, bro. Yeah, I don't want to see a naked dude, oh, like statue. Yeah, I don't give a fuck if it's art, bro. Yeah, maybe I'm off base. I feel like maybe that's why I thought that. Right. So, he, well, I want to just get real quick before we get through there. I want to go through some Sam acts, because when they come up with their plan to, like, uh, go meet Brandon, the 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 boyfriend. I'm gonna um, stop you right there. Are you gonna talk about the acorns? I'm gonna talk about the acorns. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, we're talking about the acorns. I don't know if you caught that line, Jordan, when he was talking about uh, they do a hell of a job on the acorns. <laughs> I I don't know what that means. I think he's, he's talking, talking about, his, about balls. his butt, right, or his balls. Is it balls? Is it a balls one? I thought so. Was what? what I was, I mean, it's gotta be. That was about a was not a working out thing or a massage thing. I have no. I can't remember. I thought he was like talking about like getting stuck in a place and it was like a hell of a job on his acorns. It's like his uh, balls. Uh, listeners who watch this episode, uh, <laughs> please write in to burnafternoticing yep. at gmail dot com or uh, you can tweet us at burnnoticepod. Uh, you can mention us there and let us know if Sam Axe was talking about balls or butts when he said acorns. Yeah, uh, pod at gmail.com or at pod on Twitter. Is Sam Axe talking about balls or butts when he says acorns? I would, yeah, I'm curious because I totally read it as... Uh, maybe I'm off base for everything in this, in this fucking episode. <laughs> I didn't write down that line, so I don't know. I this did write a- down a line that we missed. It was in, it was in the uh, conversation with the sons and the mom where Mike is talking to his brother Nate and he's like, when, after he says the nothing ventured, nothing gained, he said... Or Michael is like, you lost my car in a card game. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, th- and then he was like, it's a, it was a rental. <laughs> like he, he bet a rental car on a card game. The depravity. Yeah, he's a huge scumbag. And he was like, well, you didn't have to pay for it. So it's you were playing with house money, bro. <laughs> yeah, you would absolutely have scumbag. to pay for so it. Good. 
this guy has just like fucked with his family just relentless. I mean, I, this is these are the things that are accurate about this show. It's like no matter how big of a shithead most of your family members are, they you they usually get passes from people. So right, excuse away all behavior. Oh yeah, it's Nate Weston's yeah, a very relatable American character. That's one thing I'll incredibly say. Incredibly toxic, and just for anyone listening, you do not have to give in to these people. It's true, you don't. You yeah, absolutely do not. Take care of yourself. Yeah, tell Nate Weston to go fuck himself. Don't do jobs for your brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, don't do, do it. Uh, don't mix business and family folks. gambling. So, but here's one thing I will say about Nate is, you know, he may not be very good on his own, but when you tee him up, he's a pretty good yes and guy because he grabs the dude's arm and he gets all mad and stuff like he's looking for, for Brandon and uh, uh, Michael uh, immediately stops him. And he's like, hey, yeah, he gets a little he gets a little handsy every time I take him out. Hey, sorry, I'm the, I'm the dealership guy. This is my salesman. And Nate just bam, jumped right into him it was like, hey, you know, it's a great car. It's got a nice interior and. He starts selling the car salesman thing like right away. It was pretty impressive. There's, there's some good. Oh, I, I took that as like being super cringy. Like he was like, <laughs> he was going to blow it again. Right. Is what I, it was like, oh, I was, was like, about Ooh. to, but like as soon as he got teed up, he's a pretty good improv guy. You know, this is UCB Miami. They need to, it's a cooperative <laughs> effort. Oh uh, boy. They need to second up. city. There's, there's some more riffing later on too. Second, second city. No, it's, it can't be, it has to be UCB because they're obviously not getting paid for this. Oh, oh true. right. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, yeah. So Fiona kind of takes charge though, because they're both arguing their little familial, uh, domestic little arguments about who's going to take charge. And she's like, "I'll do it." And she's like, "I know how to get a guy to leave a bar." Yep. And so she she gets Brandon to leave the bar very quickly. Um, <laughs> Brandon definitely a little bit triggering because of how much cocaine I bought from guys that look just like him in my twenties. Um, oh boy in miami (laughs) well trust me a lot of dudes in the midwest dressed just like that in 2007 oh boy Uh, i think one of them was probably even named brandon (laughs) maybe this is the same were actually named brandon (laughs) there's my uh, episode theory for the end Uh, guess this guy went into witness protection and just went up to michigan to sell me blow uh classic brandon (laughs) classic brandon so Brandon gets jacked. Um, he tells uh, Michael and Fiona like, what's really going on, that he's just a recruiter for a quote-unquote modeling agency. But we all know who these guys are. They're traffickers. They're the bad guys. They're the Taken-type dudes. You know, like, really scummy shit. Like, I hated that. Like, this episode sucked, like, for that reason. I mean, it didn't suck because it was, like, a bad episode. But I was just like, this is, like, one of the more heinous people that we've encountered on the show. And I was just like, God, this is so oh, yeah. scummy. This is straight up Taken. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, and then from and then we go to who these terrible people are. And the very next shot is a girl's butt with a lower back tattoo. Oh, yep, so yep. The very next shot. That's another thing, Jordan. There's a lot of uh, every like transitional scene is just like usually bikini butts on the beach. Oh yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> so yeah, you, you know, at least it takes your attention away from the women not wearing bras. <laughs> a little lower. Oh, yeah. That's so, you know, the, the camera people were like, I'll do you a favor. I'll deflect. Oh, man. oh the shame. Yep. So, Give and me then, something else to look at. And then the very next line is Sam X talking about feet. So, yeah, this uh, it comes up a little later, too, with just a weird throwaway scene. This this uh, this episode felt very feet focused with that. And there was like another like shot of Fiona's feet. Oh, we get into feet on this episode. Yeah, there is a Fiona foot shot. That's right. 
Yeah, so I, I wrote that down because I was like, there are a lot. I was like, what's up with the foot things? Go like he's like, you know, the lower ankle or whatever. He's in an, the most erogenous zone of the foot. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm doing research, Michael. <laughs> Sex trafficking research on what parts of the foot turn you on more? I mean, if you're just... I, I mean, think it's supposed to be like he's reading like a Vanity Fair or something. Oh, right. It's like a fashion magazine. Yeah. yeah like Cosmo. 56 ways to please your man with your a banana or something. <laughs> with, hey. with your feet's... With his foot's erogenous zones. The erogenous zones, Michael. Hey, he's... It's hard to say. Filling up the word. spank bank is like research, technically, so... <laughs> yeah, I I think it's just like super convenient how everyone just happens to like know everything. He's like, oh yeah, I know all about these guys. I had an ex girlfriend, and then Michael's just like, all right, call your ex girlfriend. We're going to the next event. And it's like, if she's a fan of these people, does not mean that she knows these people. And also, or if, what's going if on? If he has an ex girlfriend who's like really into like international human trafficking, did he like get her from like? online left twitter in 2019 like did he go into the future to find her like because that didn't exist in 2007 <laughs> right it's just very well we've we talked about it a little before this show is a little forward thinking in a lot of ways absolutely and by forward thinking we literally mean they traveled to the future <laughs> the show is about time travel folks we're uncovering a really big conspiracy and i think we need to be a little careful because i think i've been uh, noticing some black cars leaving me notes that say stop the podcast so, <laughs> did they leave you flowers and a balloon? <laughs> no, they didn't do that. No little smiley face balloon. Uh, but uh, you know, at least we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into smiley face balloons, folks. <laughs> so much. Folks, they're not just to. for hospital visits anymore. Sam had some good lines though, right after that, because he gets uh, Michael gets a call from Fiona about um, where the dude who's trying to kill him is, in, like his hotel room, and Sam's just like. You're not. He's like, I need to borrow the car. And Sam's like, you're not. What are you doing? Like, he doesn't want to tell Sam that. And he immediately goes to our favorite topic, yogurt. Yep. He says, we need, I need to go get some yogurt, which is now this is the yogurt line is the uh, burn notice version of I need to return some videotapes. Because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because every time he needs to go get yogurt, he's just going to go kill people. So, yeah, dr- yeah. I, I actually remember that from whenever I, I watched it. Do the you? Yogurt, the, the yogurt the, I, I like I remembered the yogurt when he said that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a thing. It is yep. certainly a thing. We this, did research the before the show, yogurt, and like, we kept uncovering a bunch of yogurt memes. That's really funny. There's a lot of yogurt. And let me just mention that um, nothing should be eaten out of Michael Weston's fridge. If you look at that fridge, you shouldn't put yogurt or anything else in there. Um, it looks like a fridge for like human body part storage. Get a new fucking fridge. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a real, that's why it's $200 a month or whatever. It's the cheapest. It's an ice box. It's not a fridge. It <laughs> looks like something from fallout. It's come on. Like, yeah, that's bad, bad, bad yogurt. And I do love, um, you know, he just says, he's like, no secret, just love yogurt. And eventually Sam throws the keys in the funniest fucking way possible. I actually really laughed at this part. This is my favorite scene in in the episode. He does the the, the limp throw that lands on the ground and just kind of does the stare down. Like you pick it up, Michael. Michael gets up. <laughs> Bend and over for he's me. Like, this is my favorite, my absolute favorite part in the whole sh- in the whole episode when Michael's like, "You want anything else?" And Sam goes, "Yeah, get a new toothbrush. Yours is getting pretty rough." Michael goes, "Ha ha, good one." And then they cut back to Sam and his face for that like two seconds when they cut back to him is 
this is why Bruce Campbell's the man right here. Oh, I wrote stellar. I just wrote stellar. Did you? Yes. How like he just deadpans it like right into the camera. And it's it's I I laughed out loud. It was wonderful. I I really like that shot, too. And then the one of Michael's reaction where he's like smiling awkwardly. He's like, oh, shit, he's serious. (laughs) He's like, he's serious. (laughs) That was a good scene. Like they, they really nail it sometimes with these. And like, again, like Bruce Campbell's effortless charisma when it comes through, man, it's good. It's good. It's wonderful. So we it, get Michael like gets to where you where you going somewhere? Or should we move on? I was well, I was going to exactly where where you were going, but I was gonna say the first like cut is to Fiona's feet in this scene. I think that's why I like it was stuck out of my mind. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was like to the feet, and she's in like the hotel lobby. How dare I forget the Fiona footpan scene? Which yep, Fiona's just she's chilling, she's looking great, she's she's being a real queen, and. Uh, she uh, lets Michael know that um, Jan, the the wet work guy, is uh, is on the way to the hotel room. Michael goes there, and we get a tactical knife fighting combat tips with Michael narration scene, one of our favorite tropes. Oh my god! <laughs> this is a regular occurrence as well, Jordan. If you, yeah, guys, they you just probably remember that. Oh, no, I, I, I have to break down how I did this knife fight thing. And it's like, it's not good technique that he has oh no no No, it's not at all this is show is clearly written by people who think they're cool and know what like spies would do in these situations but this is clearly not yeah two things that these writers don't know about sports and spycraft the cool the cool guy stuff you know cool guy spy stuff this show written by alpha macho masculine tier one operators thank you chris kyle for writing this episode uh, oh God! How many <laughs> confirmed kills does Sam West or Michael Weston have? Probably more than Chris Kyle. Who? Uh, well, we got to count all those ones he did off the bridge in New Orleans. Oh geez, yeah, and of course the two are two favorites that he kills right in the first episode. Can you count himself? Does he count getting himself killed by uh, by a veteran in the middle of a psychotic break? Can you count that as one of his confirms? I mean, why not at this point? <laughs> R.I.P. Chris Kyle. This is game. the groping scene, correct, too? This is when Fiona starts groping him? Yes, so he gets into yes. a knife fight to the death with his homie, and uh, he's like, hey, long time no see, bro. Uh, don't murder me, please. Yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, we got some... Because he's saying, basically, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I don't know if he admits it just yet, but he's basically saying, like, there's a lot of people that want you dead now that you're not CIA. Yeah, which we, uh, we get to that. He gets the tips... He runs away, and then Fiona gets horny. Yeah, she, he's changing shirts, and she's just like, while he, she's changing, I think she even uses a line where she's like, you know, it's like, he's like, we only got like 30 minutes or something, and she's like, that's all the time. That's plenty of time, or something like that. And she's like yeah, groping she goes, the shit out of him. Need. Yeah, that was super uncomfortable. Yeah, I've for, Just because he's a dude doesn't mean Michael. it's not sexual assault. <laughs> Yeah, and Michael is clearly uncomfortable. Just does not want to fuck. Like, just he's doesn't trying to do his job. Fuck. I mean, I to a to a degree feel like a little bad for Fiona because she's just really, really horny and just. Uh, I mean, I, Fiona I, could get it from anyone. I, I mean, like, obviously not because Michael said no. <laughs> Michael clearly. Well, that's isn't the thing is like, but he's a and robot. Sam so. X, all, like I Loki clear, like I Loki thinks she wants to fuck Sam X too, and like Sam won't because like he's too good of a friend, and I think that kind of frustrates her as well. Yeah, I mean, if she she can pull guys out of bars like that, but there's only one person that she wants to fuck. 
it's yeah, the yeah, the one telling for, it's the irresistible charm of Michael Weston. Like how could she possibly resist? The, she could just go home and fuck a paper bag. Well, also, well, she um, <laughs> probably well, sex with him is like that. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, I do have a. Uh, there is a line where when Sam Axe is talking to the FBI guys, um, and he says, "Wait, I had this written down too." Um, where they're like, "Give us some information on Michael," and he's like, "He's got a spy satellite in his bathroom. What do you want me to tell you?" And uh, that is actually not a spy satellite. That is Fiona Sibian. <laughs> Right? <laughs> it's 2007. What? Anything? Oh, not familiar with Sibians? Is that did I? Is that too niche a joke? No, I'm I'm familiar with it. It's just oh, a, are you? A pretty interesting call. It's uh, interesting. Do you want to explain for those listeners? Oh, maybe. Oh boy. So without getting, if you were any Howard Stern listeners, you might know the Sibian is a. It's basically a fuck machine. It's like a saddle. It's like a vibrating saddle. Type, yeah, it's oh, like a vibrating saddle okay. type contraption that is just that is used to uh, straddle and uh, assist. Yeah. <laughs> straddle and I'll, assist. I'll just stop there. I'll stop there. Does Fiona, does Fiona live with Michael? No, she, she just has a key. Like in the last episode, she helped him out on a case. In return, she gets a key to his place. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah so she gets a key for out. That's all she wanted. All she wanted was the key. It was, so she it could was stop like breaking in. I mean, she was breaking in anyway. Like she would just be in his apartment, and so this is sort of the symbolic gestures. Now she has a key. Yeah. Now, wow. Remember, like she literally like was blowing up cars during the fucking troubles. So, like he, breaking into he needs a restraining your order. Apartment. I don't trust her. <laughs> she is not trustworthy. She is like a murderous psychopath. Yeah, she's literally in the IRA. It's it's insane. <laughs> well, former IRA. She, she's out of the life. That's why she's American now. Oh, of course. Also, too, I want to call out, like, when he was casing out the Assassin's hotel room, uh, that was, like, the fastest hotel TV menu of all fucking time. Those are usually the slowest. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do Have you guys ever, like, actually read your, like, receipt off of a hotel TV? Is that a thing? I certainly have not. I don't, yeah, because I don't, was. I guess, because I don't really order things off of the hotel TVs. I've definitely got, like, flipped through menus and seen that shit, but I've never been like, yeah, I'm going to pull out my, my, uh, my receipt or, like, look through the log. Yeah. I've, I've definitely watched some Crackle on the Marriott <laughs> nice. TV. Oh, nice. When, when I was there for BugCon. Hell yeah. But, uh, definitely don't remember any kind of a menu, like, look at what your current charges are. I don't think they want you to have access to your current charges. Absolutely. Yeah, they Because at the end, you'll be like, ah, oh, shit, I've ordered a lot of food. Right. Yeah, that's why those menus take forever, because they just want you to get frustrated and be like, ah, screw it. Oh, so I see. I'll open that mini bar back up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, let's yeah, I actually I kind of lost it. Josh, where were we? Yeah, we were talking about, he, well, he basically leaves the, he cases out the assassin. He finds out some stuff in his hotel room, which will come out later. Like he sees a wrapper for a Tony's All-American Hot Dogs or whatever. And then that's when we um, get to the arts or the, the fashion show or, or fashion auction or whatever it was with Sam and Michael. And they're casing out the, I keep saying casing out. Like, yeah. fuck. It was like a, it was like a fashion auction, but it looked like one of those weird, like it was like, it was almost like insinuated that like, yeah, you're buying the dress, but like also you're buying the person that comes in it. Right. Like that scene. Yeah. Like a uh, scene in taken. Yes. This is all very taken adjacent. When did, I was going to say, when did taken come out? Cause I was like, what, 2009, maybe taken was after this for sure. Yeah, so maybe maybe uh, Taken was two thousand eight. So only a year. Maybe uh, maybe they were inspired. 
I mean, it is a very inspiring <laughs> series. If you can't, if the uh, same person wrote both, if Burn Notice, can't I'd lose movies, my mind if that were true. Could you imagine? <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bassan, like a Bassan directed episode of Burn Notice. Oh boy. Oh shit, that would rule. I think yeah, we need to revive or do another TV movie or something. Someone call Olivier Megaton. I want to see like a highly stylized car chase scene through Europe with uh, with Bruce Campbell and Jeffrey Donovan. Let's. I'm go. in it. I'm into it. I'm, yeah, super. Let's go. I kind of this is where I lost my notes a little bit. I might have lost track when they go to the party. Yeah, so they he's like he to get the attention of the two brothers who are like the sex traffickers. He basically um, starts kind of bidding with them until they eventually win the bid. And afterwards, he goes up to congratulate them, and it's like, hey, um, I like uh, I'm here in New like Miami for business. He's like, uh, you know, I'm business and pleasure, and he's basically using language that will insinuate he's interested in their hookers or whatever. And I mean, he takes the language pretty clearly because he's like, come on, see me later. You can meet some of the girls. Yeah, it's it, this is like where we meet the scum people who are just like, fuck these people. And then he basically gets invited to that party later on that night. And that's where the uh, girl, forget her name, unfortunately, the, the girl he's trying to save for the fall. Jenna. Jenna. Jenna, thank you. How dare you forget women's names and silence women's well, voices? She didn't get the fucking, they're supposed to like do the cut and show us the lower third. They didn't do it. No lower third, now you're canceled. You're canceled for not getting a lower third credit. Yeah, this show was fucking lower third crazy for every episode, they, and here we barely get any. In. They didn't lower third her in? I didn't think so. We did get a no, lower third No, I don't think me. they did, because they. I think they wanted us to recognize her because they had shown us that picture of her before. Right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, Nate got the lower third in this episode. And I think there were was, a couple. Yeah, there were, Brandon got one. Oh, yeah, Brandon got Nate one. Nate did, too. Only the important yeah. characters, like only the men, apparently Weston. fucking sexist show. Canceled for not putting a lower third graphic up. Shame, <laughs> shame. I wrote down one line, which is really fucked up too. When they go to the party, and he's like trying, he he eventually gets to Jenna, and he's kind of trying to lead her away, so he she he can kind of initiate, and then um, she he gets pulled away. Our guy comes up and is just like, Jenna, can you go get me a drink? And he they get separated again. He has like the scummiest line where he's just like. Michael's like, this girl doesn't seem like, you know, an actual escort. Like, she seems inexperienced and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we get, like, uh, really new girls for this, you know, because yeah. some guys appreciate a girl with a little fight. Yeah, I'm it's like, fucked Ugh. up. But then they're like, yeah, we only ship those girls overseas for that. So, like, yeah. Yeah, why did they invite Michael to the party in the first place? I think the insinuation is that overseas they ship the girls like Jenna who like are like sort of against their will and domestically they just like do regular like call girls and escorts and stuff oh, I okay. think that's what they meant by it like you can't have like the special project we'll show you like the regular stuff yeah and he gets invited I think because when he goes up to the two brothers at um, the art or the fashion auction he kind mm -hmm. of he knows that they're sex traffickers so he kind of insinuates that he's interested in one of the girls Right. Yeah. I, I like. I got that part. I thought. I thought that it was kind of bizarre that he like goes to the party and the guy's like, "Oh no, we don't do that here." But if you're ever in Dubai, right? Or yeah, that is weird. Dubai, and I was like, "Why did you even invite him to this party? Like, waste his time <laughs> if like, you're just gonna be like, oh yeah, you have to fly to Dubai right. in order to solicit.'" It turns out like, that the whole thing is like to sell you a timeshare in Dubai. Like, <laughs> like, they, 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 like all the people are at the party and then they sit everyone down like in front of a big projector. Like, okay, now that everybody's here, let me talk to you guys about a very interesting opportunity. 
the multi-level marketing sex traffickers. Oh no, that's where he really makes his money. <laughs> yeah, right. With fucking Tupperware. Yeah, you know, I, I did a lot of the, uh, made a lot of international sex trafficking, but Cutco. Now that's really where the cash was at. Oh man, yeah, you got to get the the juicing cr- craze. You got to get all those uh, uh, special juicers. I've talked about this before, but this is a true story. When I was 18, I actually made a lot of money one summer doing Cutco. Like I was, I was, I was such a successful salesman that I gave a speech at a knife salesman conference in front of like 1,100 people. Oh wow! Oh my god! Yeah, as like an 18-year-old knife salesman, life is weird, dude. Damn, dude. <laughs> That's interesting, though. <laughs> hey, at least you made money. I mean, I definitely did uh, did very well selling knives, like essentially off of cold calls. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, weird times, man. Huh. <laughs> nice. And so they, um, I, I'm trying to remember too the rest of it because I know they leaves because he's like, okay, well, this is fucking weird that this party wasn't what I needed, and they don't do it here. Um, we get a scene with like Sam and Fiona acting again, kind of as like a married couple. Um, crashing into the um, two brothers afterwards, right? Yeah, there's well, right before that, when they're when they're like uh, when Michael's like on the phone with Fiona and Sam when they're together and they're coming before they get in the car. This is fun because when um, at one point right away, of course, Fiona wants to kill everybody. She's like, let's go in blasting and shoot everyone, right? And Sam's like, no, we can't do that. And then he says, I'm gonna go do some recon, and I want to I wanted to ask you guys what he meant by do some recon because I know what I thought of. Um, hmm. I'm gonna say uh, a, a middle-aged woman because he's known to do that. He's gonna go do some recon. That's a, uh, that's a, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, he that's said a... do some recon. I absolutely think he's gonna go like bang a divorcee. <laughs> that's his. This part of his character too, Jordan. By the way, is he's like going sleeping with all these women in Miami for like a place to stay. Yeah, he just like he couch surfs with uh, with rich divorce women in Miami, living the real retired man's dream. Amazing. <laughs> that's my plan when I <laughs> you retire. Go, I totally yeah, that's the. It. We're all going to move to Miami eventually, and that'll just be couch surfing through the, uh, yep. through uh, the sexual escapades of the divorcees in Miami. It's beautiful. Oh. I think that was in Will Smith's song. Uh, another fun, another fun <laughs> note I had in this scene. Another piece of great accent work is when they're doing recon on uh, on on Jan the spy, and uh, Fiona tells Michael. Yeah, he takes his. He has the chef uh, prepare special meals, and he watches him cook because he needs his food to be halal. Like she really drags that shit out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it's right. It's the biggest piece of accent work done in this episode. I wonder how many uh, how many uh, takes do you think they had to do for that? Yeah, so the one time she was like, "It got it has to be halal." Cut, cut. Wait, we really need more H's in that halal. Enunciate please. that word, please. We need we need you to have at least seventeen H's if you were to type this out. <laughs> I have I have it here on the script. Can you please do it as the script reads? There's 17 H's on this on the script. It's not an error. <laughs> She's really going for it. Now, remind you, Gabriel Anwar is uh, is like northern northern English of like Indian descent. So when she does like Irish accents and American accents, this is just her <laughs> her portrayal of what these people sound like, which is very yeah. fun for fun to her- me her weird interpretation of what yeah. it's like an Irish person doing an American voice doing <laughs> halal. Like a, like former, uh, former guest Benedict Herdsman said violently Irish. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was the best descriptor. And violent in a many, many ways. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, this is where we, we get back to, uh, Nate gets beat up. Mom, uh, right. mom asks, mom asks Michael to come over. 
Uh, a lot of stuff happens this episode. This is a very eventful episode. Like just a lot, like just like a lot of like things just happen kind of back to back, right? Yeah, I mean they're introducing what is probably going to be a pretty main character and his brother. So I mean that there's. I'm that wondering and- about that because like he's a real shitbag and like kind of annoying and not very like he doesn't really do a lot besides just be kind of a minor annoyance. I'm not sure how important he's going to be. Jordan, um, are who's right about this? Like, do we like from the couple seasons you watch? Do we see a lot more of Nate Weston? You know what? I don't remember. Um, but I think like a show like this, you need a fuck up around. So like you can mm. keep go saving them. Right. right? Like, because if, if Nate will be an easy, like, ah, fuck Nate got in debt again. Let's, right. we have to go do something now. I feel like he's going to stick around, but I, I genuinely don't remember. Probably I blocked it out because I find him so annoying. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. That's a really, because I mean, uh, you'd feel like that character could be like Sam Axe, but then I think maybe the fans like him too much to like have him be the guy who's like fucking up. You want him to be like kind of the guy who like low key saves the day when Michael's in trouble. Oh, yeah. Sam's like way more capable than Michael. Right. It's like going to be like, like uh, Fiona tries to save him, but actually makes it worse by like murdering somebody or making an explosion happen or something. Right. And then right. Sam like comes and like charms everybody out of it. Right. Very you know what? I'm yeah, super here that's... for. Give me that formula. Let's do it. <laughs> it's probably gets Yeah, I mean, this is like basic cable, so usually they're like, going to follow a pattern. And so far, I mean, it has, and I couldn't see it changing in later seasons. Nope, nope. I think we're getting there. And another uh, great trope we get to. Um, well, first, yeah, let's probably get into the the Nate scene because this is where the Boston accent comes out, and he says. <laughs> and then here's a question I wanted to ask you guys. Um, at one point, uh, they say they can't call the cops because Nate's got warrants. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think Nate Weston has warrants for? Ooh. Unpaid parking tickets? Nice. It, yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, it's probably like fail, even more failure to appear in court and shit like that, too. He's he's lazy. He's probably just like always came. But also, probably maybe like I would I would imagine like stealing. Like he's just like theft because he's, Retail he's fraud. Like, stealing shit to afford. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like one of those guys like that's doing like Home Depot gift card scams for like... Yeah. Wait, like, yeah, or like money. identity theft because he stole his brother's identity. Ah, yeah, yep. yeah. I could totally see an identity theft. Um, what else could... He probably learned it from his dad. I mean, they, they established last episode that his, their, their father was kind of like taking the children along for all of his like petty schemes. You think, uh, you think Nate Weston owes child support? You think he's got some kids somewhere? No, no way. This guy does not fuck. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, he is a Weston, so that, that tracks. That absolutely tracks. Yeah, there's no way. He can scam people out of money, but there's no way he's scamming a woman into sleeping with him. <laughs> True you know, Weston tradition. The Weston boys. They don't fuck. <laughs> nope. <laughs> They're both just like, sex is repulsive to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, thank you. They're robot. I mean, at least Michael's a robot. Nate's yeah. Nate's problem is he's just a fucking loser. Yeah, Nate yeah. is a yeah a real scumbag, <laughs> and not even like the the more charming kind of scumbag. Just like to your guys' point, the annoying one. Yeah, yeah. So yep, Nate's got warrants out, um, and now they need to go do a righteous kidnapping. So they're gonna go do it, but first, um, so this is how did they get to the you know this is another point where my notes broke down. Like how did they get to the point where. Uh, Nate is at Michael's apartment. Nate got fed up yeah. with having to wait for the money. So he went over to Michael's apartment to try and like break in and 
get it himself. Right, but we know that uh, there is a surprise behind Michael Weston's door. Yep, the uh, the shotgun that wasn't working earlier is now fully operational, so he's got to race back to his apartment because, of course, he doesn't have a, Nate doesn't have a cell phone because he can't probably afford it. The, Mom and, did say she got he got that shit turned off months ago. And remember, this is 2007. This is pre-Obama. There are no free government phones yet. Yeah, right. There's no. It's all flip phones. It's all he does. He doesn't have the cool Motorola Razor. Yeah, I mean, mm. how dare you not have a Motorola Razor? I mean, I feel like you could at least steal. Maybe he's got a. Maybe he's got warrants out for phone fraud. Maybe I wouldn't doubt. I mean, uh, yeah, all, this, all the all the lame ass schemes. Contracts. Like Michael Weston does all the cool shit. He does all like the lame stuff that people get caught, and you're like, you fucking suck, dude. Yeah, he's the guy I had to low key turn out a turn down at a Best Buy in 2010 for phone, attempted phone fraud. He's the one who like quotes. He's like, you know, if they make if you make it past the doors, they can't legally run after you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Oh my god! It's all—it's all insured anyway. Uh, yeah, positions are just—it's all scams, man. It's all scams, absolutely. Oh man, yeah. So he basically has to hurry up before his brother. Honestly, though, <laughs> it would have been funnier if he's like, he like he knows a shotgun. He's like, eh, whatever. He's like, let my brother get fucking blown yeah, away. You know what? Fuck it. There, there'd be a hell of a scene. He just opens the door and just like a Coen Brothers style like surprise. Just the guy gets gets shot right in the face. Oh man. Yeah, but on the way there, our assassin friend Jan is there with the silencer uh, trying to pick off Michael. Which, can I just say, for a KGB assassin, fucking terrible shot. My man's got Stormtrooper aim. Well, why is he, like, that's like a, a silencer pistol is not the best for range, right? You'd think he'd give something with a little more range. Yeah, why, why is he not prepared? Again, he's a KGB assassin. He doesn't have a rifle. Why? Yeah, it makes no... If you're going to fucking take him, especially because... It's like, if you're going to be setting up that far away, you can plan ahead. Absolutely. But he doesn't, and uh, it saves the day, except for Michael catching a little ricochet bullet to the shoulder. Oh, you know, uh, a ricochet. What does he say? Well, he's got a lame fucking fucking like line about the ricochet, too. Oh, does he? Does he really? No way. He, yeah, he says that, um, like, he was talking about the probability that he's going to get shot. He's like... Uh, I have like a one in five chance of getting shot, and I have a one in ten chance of getting killed. And then he's like, if you get hit by a ricochet, it's probably not going to kill you, but it's going to feel like it That's did. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Real wrestling fans would have known the the Scott Steiner math that he did to get to that point, but. Uh... That's that's for like the wrestling fan audience that is not out there. It's just for me. That's a joke for me. Oh, there's plenty of <laughs> folks. That's a joke for me. So come on. Folks, we love to tell jokes for yourselves on your podcast. <laughs> we want to make sure that we make like two people laugh, and that's all that matters. This is here for broad appeal. And we have mass appeal. This podcast about burn notice—it's definitely there for the masses. For sure, <laughs> all of the most interesting people listening to this podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Thank you for listening, all of our interested and interesting listeners. You've made it this far, so keep going. <laughs> yep. So we love you. So Michael misses the uh, the kidnapping because he's busy getting shot. And uh, so now Sam and Fiona have to take care of it themselves. Sam says, no, we can't do it without Michael. Fiona says, let's just go kill everybody instead. Um, she just wants to shoot everyone in the face. Um, so yep. Sam uh, stops Fiona's bloodlust by jumping out of the car and uh, just getting hit by a Mercedes immediately. It's great. Yeah, there we get more. And somehow Michael narrates this scene that he's not in. Isn't this the second time he's been hit by a car for, for a bit? Didn't he get hit by a, by a different car in like episode two? Yeah, I think so, actually. Yeah, he did like a hit by a car bit or like a, yeah, something. Is that their Deuce Ex Machina? Yeah. Yeah, just pretend to get hit by a (laughs) car. We we don't know how to end this scene. Better just run over Sam again. (laughs) That'd be fucking great. (laughs) 
<laughs> seems to be working. I guess if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. Um, but we get we get UCB Miami again uh, when the riff gods Sam and Fiona get right into it, and Sam goes out my back, not even mentioning that his w- head just went through a fucking windshield. Right, <laughs> he like cracked it. Yeah, he just gets like a fucking CTE blow to the skull. And he's like, ah, oh, my back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so they they get the money. They get some money from the uh, uh, the pimps because they clearly don't want the cops to be called. And it's great because it apparently, if you delay this car like twenty eight seconds, they'll miss their whole flight and just go back to the drawing board. Uh, that scene couldn't have been more than like one full minute. And they were just like, ah, fuck it, let's go to the airport tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see, like, not wanting to roll up to the airport with a big-ass, like, hole in your windshield. Yeah, I guess true. that's true. They have, he has, like, appearances to keep up. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. He's the fashion, yeah, he's the fashion guy. He's got to be, he can't, he can't be seen with a fucking scuff like that. That's right. But also, like, why is the actual guy himself in the car delivering a child to the airport? He likes to take a personal interest in his work. Does he? They didn't want to like pay for any more uh, like character actors or anything to be like the driver. They, they wanted to just recycle the same people. We can't afford any more henchmen. Just get in the car. Yeah, he's doing it himself. Damn it. We'll explain it away like it's part of his character. That's right. So Sam and Fiona uh, get a temporary reprieve from uh, sending off uh, Jenna to Dubai. Uh, and Sam gets back to check on Michael. Michael gets a bullet pulled out of him by his brother. Um his brother's a total asshole the whole time. Oh, yeah. Which right. you can expect, because, again, Nate West... He's like, ha-ha, ha, Michael. A thanks would be nice. You're being a, you're being a baby while I l- literally cut a hole in your back. Yeah, he says, he says like, uh, you, you, the way you're screaming, it sounds like it'd be a cannonball. It's like, dude, <laughs> I mean, it's a bullet. You literally got shot. It's like, yeah, I don't see you with a bullet in your back from uh, all adjacent from a mess that you started. He's like, I took that fucking bullet to, like, stop you from getting your fucking head blown away from the shotgun, you idiot. Yeah, really. So then Sam yeah. comes in, and he's like, Michael, what happens? Uh, Michael won't tell him, and he, then Sam gets a little real. Sam brings it down a notch, and he says, Michael, these are the things you can tell me. I can help you. I'm your friend, Michael. <laughs> and then Michael's, like, not telling me. He's like, you got a level of deniability. And now Sam realizes, like, the, the, the weight of the situation that, you know, he has to remind himself, oh, fuck, I'm actually informing on this guy. So, like... I can't know some stuff. And he gets kind of sad. And there's a little sadness in his eyes, too. And he's just like, I get it, Michael. It's okay. It's like a little rift in their family. Like, he wants to be there. You know, he's an old friend. But he's a, he's stuck in a position where he's, you know, like you said, informing on him. So it's it's making it a little awkward. Yep, a little bit. And it's sad. We get, so we get sad, Sam. We're like, aw, it's okay. Um, so then <laughs> I love that Nate goes, yeah, what about me? What about the money you owe me? I'm like, yeah, sure. He fucking owes you, Nate. <laughs> like This guy just right. goes straight to, hey, I know you got a bullet in your back and like you've been doing all this shit that I started, but like, where's that money, bro? Ugh, and uh, yeah, as we learn later on, he doesn't even pay it off full. Nope. <laughs> he does. And to, I mean, my guess is that he didn't pay any of it and he's lying about that too. Yeah. He, he was like, you gave it to the guy, right? And he was like, yeah. He's like, some of it. We've all lied in a high-pitched voice before. He absolutely was not telling the truth about that. He's like, don't yeah, worry. They, totally they won't come after mom anytime soon now. And it's like, what? That's awful. Yeah, they, they won't, yeah, it's, it's that's okay. They crazy. Won't, they won't murder mom for at least six months. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's so stupid. I guess Nate probably will be back uh, when they try to fucking kill their mom again. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, that'll be, that'll be what, season two, episode five. We'll have that come back yep 
Probably sooner. Yeah, maybe in the end of this season even. Yep. And then mm-hmm. so so Sam and Michael go to hash out their issues. And here's a line that uh, it's great when he's like, "How was that razor cut?" And Michael's like, "Ah, it was pretty deep, but nothing too bad." And that's a total uh, that's a total metaphor for their relationship at this moment. That wow. Sam that <laughs> Sam's small betrayal. That Sam. I was about to say, I, Sam's I really. small betrayal <laughs> does cut, but not too deep, and not deep enough that they can't salvage this and still be friends. Yeah, guys, I think you had head, mentioned that you were looking into the show a little too much. Absolutely, yeah, is ab- yeah. This is what's happening. <laughs> I'm getting way too galaxy brain for this show, but it's you know what? I'm gonna keep going because it's entertaining me. Damn it! Oh my god! It's like you're gonna write your fucking dissertation on burn notice and like the parallels of friendship. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> yeah, how to how to craft? Oh, you're gonna be like uh, fucking Michael Weston with his little spy platitudes. You're gonna like bust out like platitudes in your own life. It's like you know, it's kind of like that episode of Burn Notice. <laughs> you know, friendship is a lot like reconnaissance. Um, <coughs> you, you, the things you want to find out the most sometimes were hidden in plain sight all along, and maybe you didn't even want to know them. <laughs> sometimes Boom. listening is more important than talking or something. Bam. L- write it down. Let's go. We got this. Recording a podcast is like an episode of Burn Notice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ooh, that that, that actually, one rings more true than the rest, so let me tell you. That would actually be really funny if we just like, in, like cut in, like we stopped the podcast, like they stopped the show, and we just like cut in a stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we've never done that before. Like, put in random burn notice music, or just like drop <laughs> stuff into episodes for no reason. I, we've you're not supposed to call it out. And we, well, we, no, we we haven't done it. We're not going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, you're right. There definitely won't be um, a Wilhelm scream anywhere in this episode when we talk about the Wilhelm brothers. Uh, like <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we won't even do anything like that at all. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. if you listen to episode three of the show, um, there's definitely not a lot of random music undercutting us ever like the show does all the time. Not at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to talk about the music. I totally Oh, forgot. do you want to talk about the music? Weird. Hell Did yeah. You know, what, what was weird about the music, Jordan? Did you notice anything about the music? That's weird. You know what? The music is totally normal and I love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> That's it. No, that, that one when we were talking about the knife fight scene... It sounded like a like a fucking episode of Seinfeld was going on <laughs> in the background. It's yes. so, it was very Seinfeld. <laughs> it, it's like what the hell? Like the tone, the music doesn't match at all. And then he's also like narrating in like his super serious spy voice over this like dong 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 <laughs> like yes like like I'm about to be told a terrible joke. Like I, I it was very bizarre. Yeah, it's. So good. Oh, man. Oh, so man. let's power to the end of the episode. There's this one question I want to ask about the scene that we are on real quick. Um, you know, Sam and Michael talk a little bit and Sam's like, just don't get my pension cut. Michael's like, I won't do that. I would murder you first. Basically, he's like, yeah, I'd smother you with a pillow. They laugh and he's like, just don't get me kicked out of this place. It's the only bar I can run a tab. I can still right. run a tab on. So my question to you guys is how many tabs do you think Sam Axe has defaulted on in Miami? Ooh. How many open tabs does he have that he has no intention of paying? Well, doesn't he say in this line that mm. this is the only one? Yeah, so what do you think his outstanding number is? What's your Oh, own like number? how much he owes to them? Or give me give me just number of bars. How many bars do you think he could walk into and they'd be like, Sam X, you owe us money? Oh, man. Probably double digits at least. I say double digits. Like at least a dozen. I was going to say like a dozen. Like a dozen to a baker's dozen. Absolutely. That's why he has to settle for like pouring little vodka bottles into tomato juice cans. <laughs> you know, if you drink it by a, by a table on the beach, it's kind of like a bar, Michael. <laughs> it's like a resort living. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, if the homeless people walk away for a few minutes, it's like you're on a private beach. 
<laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of tomatoes, um, I love the line that happens when yes. they kidnap one of the uh, Wilhelm brothers. And they're, like, sitting on – or, like, he's basically talking to him, I think the other brother, about um, uh, the ransom or whatever. And he's just like, uh, you're a pimp or something. He's like, I'm not a pimp. I'm like, he says something like a racketeer or something. Like, I can't remember exact word he is. And then Michael's fucking line is, you say tomato, I say pimp. That is top-notch writing. Fucking perfect. Nailed Wonderful. it with that joke, Burn Notice Writers. <laughs> yep, that's he, like, you and just he, imagine the writer just cracking his knuckles, leaning back, just, ah, fuck yeah, got it. <laughs> Control S. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jordan? <laughs> That uh, you guys totally distracted me because, like, that what Paul just said put into my brain, like, the the writer's, like, coming a little bit after writing that line. <laughs> oh, He's, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the I stuff. mean, imagine how much they come while they write all of Fiona's dialogue. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, dude, dudes writing women's yeah. dialogue. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, no, this, you're coming a lot when you're writing Burn Notice episodes. <laughs> I mean, I can feel like if you're a TV writer, you really want this job because you just know how much pleasure you're going to get from it. They're like, just oh, you were in the Burn Notice writer's room? Oh, dude, I hear they have, like, fucking lotion all over that place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, but you can, very you can never really find place. a tissue. <laughs> That's so awful. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot. Oh, I totally forgot what I was talking about, but I definitely would have... Uh, like wrote down the tomato thing like he, he delivers it so like passionlessly yeah robot he is In total robot yeah. Michael Weston fashion. <laughs> that's, that's the signature michael weston delivery you say tomato, okay i say pimp so they i think we might have skipped over it pretty quickly but they instead of kidnapping the girl and bringing her home they decided they're gonna kidnap the younger wilhelm brother and and threaten his older brother um, to get for ransom, essentially. Yeah, so th- but the ransom they ask for, I think, is a little bit insane. It's way convoluted. Um, so they they take the, they use the spy neon to uh, to kidnap uh, the the Wilhelm brother, and they they're gonna hold him for what a ransom of uh, the ransom is give your profits from prostitution to the girls you've trafficked but not the money you've made from your legitimate businesses that are also built on the illegitimate money you can keep that it's fine whatever and then you also like have to give back jenna right yeah yeah insane like they're just gonna meet that demand no problem okay no worries yep so the another overly complex solution to a problem another burn notice uh, trope that we've done just like the uh the real estate one was like give all the profits back to the boomers and then you go to jail for some other thing we framed you for or something right but these these pimps like they're they're not going to jail they're not getting any consequences no, no they're getting I, on a fucking plane they'll be out of country within w- within hours and then they'll be back in six months and set up shop again yeah, because like um, we've talked yeah. about it like on the previous three episodes. Like usually we've we've joked that like Michael Wesson like fucking ruins these guys' lives, and you know d- deservedly so. A lot of them are usually like doing heinous shit. These are probably the most heinous, and they just they're like, okay, we'll give back the money and the, this one girl, and then right back to it. Yeah, they seem to have had the least dire consequences of any of our bad guys so far. Like one guy got sent to a fucking black site. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what the... F- and then they're just be like, yeah, never... Uh, you know, just uh, make sure you get back this one girl. Like, and, these are the uh, dudes that should be at the fucking black site, man. 
Like, come on. I, these are the, yeah, you killed two random flackies in Africa, and you can't even just, like, blow these guys away. Just kill them. Yeah, so they make a deal. They eat some yogurt on the trunk of the spy, Neon. And I love how they're just yelling to the guy in the trunk, like, in broad daylight at the beach. Like, hey, guy <laughs> in the trunk, you got something to say now, buddy? They do so much in broad daylight, though. They fucking kidnap the guy in broad daylight. Oh, absolutely. At a, at I mean, it's Miami. It's so good. Like, do people care? There's Miami famously has nobody that's very, very sparse population. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, the noted uh, ghost town, Miami. No, I just mean like nobody gets in trouble. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The poli- there's no police shit. in Miami. They're all. Well, it is 2007. So the entire Miami PD is working on solving the ice truck killer case at this point in time. <laughs> well, of so, course, because it uh, takes place in Dexter. They all have to, Miami has to worry about the ice truck killer, and also, unbeknownst to them, there is a serial killer working in their midst. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, Jordan. There's a the fan community really wants a Dexter Burn Notice crossover. That seems very strange to me. <laughs> it's like the only connection we really know is that both of them take place in Miami. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I see. It's both Miami and they ran concurrently, so I think that's what it is. And like, you get a lot of Miami drone shots and like hot, sweaty people, and that's like really like like, hot people who are glistening. Like those are the things they share in common the most. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) We get another touching uh, family reunited moment. Uh, He gets Jenna back to her father. Michael Um, Weston, the daughter protector, the dad helper. He's yeah. He's he's just trying to bring families back together. You know. That's right. He values the American family, the uh, the family unit. He's here to uh, to protect your daughters. He's here for fathers of daughters. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And then um, basically we wrap that storyline up, and then we go into a little more of the you know overarching, overarching um, fucking uh, spy who burned Michael Weston. Yep. We get and... we get Jan the storyline advancement ca- character to help us out. Yeah, so he tails him back to, or I guess he just he just basically finds him at that Tony's All American Hot Dog place, and um, basically puts him into anaphylactic shock because he's allergic to peanuts, as he found out from the chefs, from bribing them. So he wasn't and, halal all along, right? It was peanut allergies. Wow, what a reveal that was! <laughs> I gotta tell peanuts. you guys now that twist was nuts. How the fuck do you not like no. taste peanuts in a <laughs> no. hot dog? Yeah, I would I would be like, oh, this is a peanut flavored hot dog. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think that he didn't taste them, but you can't do anything about it once it's already in your also mouth. Also true, and if you have That's a really true. bad allergy, like getting just close enough to him or like making contact and stuff, we don't know how bad. I guess we don't know how bad is it. We don't want to be ableist. We don't know how bad Jan the assassin's peanut allergy is. <laughs> it could be. I could be very. Uh, apparently, very life threatening. I mean, uh, literally life threatening because he was like Michael was threatening his life and being like, "Well, if uh, you don't tell me who burned me, I'm not going to give you your epipen, bro." Very, uh, very CIA torturey. Yes, definitely some shit yep. he uh, he learned at Quantico. Uh, it was great, but um, yeah, he basically holds him into. First off, he's like throats closing up, and it's like that's the perfect time to get somebody to talk, right? Yeah, when they I'm can sure barely speak. To, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he does get the information that, it, like, he, again, we can't reveal who burned him because you know that's going to be, you know, ten episodes from now probably. But we do know that you know he, there's a lot of people who know from his past that he's no longer an asset to the CIA, so they won't 
like be stopping them from going after him. Yeah, so like he's he has like a John Wick style like excommunication going on now. And so now like we now we've set up for like a whole cadre of bad guys to like chase after him. Exactly. And also funny we talk about like just recently we were just mentioning that he's just doing this shit in front of like broad daylight. It's nighttime, but he like ties his foot to the table and he's like face down and a woman is just walking in the background and looks at this. Yeah, that was actually a production assistant. They just forgot to edit her out. <laughs> she just like I was like she's like looking their way and it's like if you were walking by and you saw a man like do something to a guy's ankle, he's face down like totally passed out with a fucking like EpiPen sticking out of him, you wouldn't be like, hmm, this is a little fucking suspicious. That guy looks like he's having an allergic reaction and possibly dying. Uh, I got something else to do, so whatever. I mean, it is Miami. People are busy. <laughs> got, you know, people got, got a busy life down do. in the so, um, South well, Beach. So we, I, I felt like this was the end of the episode, but because this episode loves me, because this episode loves me so much, you guys, this wasn't the end. <laughs> because this episode really wanted to make me happy. Oh, man. <laughs> we cut past this, and we get back to Michael. Michael wakes up, and he starts talking with who was he? I, I I got so excited I forgot who he was even talking to. Was he talking to Sam about this, right? I think I think he was on the phone. So with Sam. he's on the phone with Sam, and we come to find out that like, so Sam gets the guy arrested, and Sam yeah Sam tells him that the FBI took the guy into custody, but that same night, some like dudes with high clearances in suits came and picked him up, and that the very next day. The very next day, mm. our buddy Jan is found dead in his cell, and he quote unquote hung himself with his shoelaces. And it's very heavily insinuated by our heroes that our friend Jan definitely did not kill himself. <laughs> it was truly wild. So, I lost my mind. I'm wondering if there's any historical connection to a current death that is high profile where we thought somebody was murdered that the public is telling us killed themselves. What does it mean? Unbelievable. Did your mind immediately go to Epstein, Jordan? Um. <laughs> I'm losing I mean, my shit. <laughs> not, not as violently as your guys' minds, I don't think. Really? I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Has, but I haven't watched or listened to the other three episodes. Are there other Epstein connections, or is this the first? Well, Not really. the CIA adjacency always does it for me. Uh, the fact okay. that we've dealt with like human trafficking and human trafficking adjacent stuff. Um, You've, before this episode? Um, there was... Yeah, it was... What was the other... The other Daughter in Trouble thing had some stuff going on. There's like all kinds of... Yeah, the pilot had something like that, right? I don't know. Um, Everyone, daughter in Trouble, I remember. I last, mean, okay, the last Daughter in Trouble was Dee Dee Pfeiffer's daughter, right? Um, so we had Dee oh, Dee Pfeiffer's right, daughter the, from the prom. They were like Colombians trying to kill her. Um, yeah, that was like, that was okay. like, wasn't that just the last episode? There was the, the real uh, estate the scam trafficker. Guy. Yeah, they, they were yep. they, the the not, they were like drug traffickers though. Drug guys, yeah. And then ah, I, I feel like there was some human trafficking adjacent stuff in the pilot, but. This it's, one was just heavy because the whole plot was about that, and then it ends with a suspicious suicide. So, and also... Yeah, now, but I guess I didn't really make that connection as quickly as y'all because 
the suspicious suicide wasn't one of the traffickers. Right. But hey, he is like a... Well, here's the thing. He is crucial to the information of who burned Michael Weston. And this, again, from day one, from day one, I had my starting theory on who burned Michael Weston. And these events only work to confirm my theory. And that's Hillary Clinton, folks. (laughs) Clinton body count. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Michael Weston was burned by Hillary Clinton and that this show is now on a path to prove me wrong. We'll wow. see. Well, we, wow. you, you had mentioned you thought that they went into the future for some of this, some of these plot points, so you never know. I Thank, thank you guys yeah. for... I'm, I'm calm now. Thank you for letting me indulge my Epstein brain here on this podcast. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, went, I went there as well. I really needed that. Y'all are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But that's how, that's literally how this episode ends. So like I did, I lost my mind. I fucking, all my notes are in all caps at the end. I might've just mashed on the keyboard a couple of times, like an idiot. Like I, I really lost it. Um, and that was a lot of fun for me. And this was a lot of fun in episode. It was a very eventful one, a lot going on, uh, to this one. And we are set up for the rest of this season. Now we're really getting into it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. One last thing about the very end of this episode. We find out that Jan killed himself, but while we're finding that out, he hears like a knock on the door and there's like a basket with flowers ah, in yes. it that has a smiley face balloon this is our ice truck that killer says scene. hugs and kisses your old friends. Okay. So now that you reminded me of that, this is another Dexter connection. Cause this is like the second or third time we've had like a very end of the episode tag of like a souvenir or like a note or like a message being sent by like a mysterious character. This is very ice truck mm-hmm. killer. And then, remember these are happening concurrently. So I can, I guess if it, when it's 2007 and if you're watching this season one of Dexter at the same time as this, absolutely. I could see that. Oh, yeah, we all, get a, all 10 people. Maybe it's a Watchmen thing. It's a smiley face balloon. Maybe, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's Ozymandias. That's, <laughs> Dr. Uh, Manhattan. Maybe Dr. Manhattan them. burned Michael. Something's going to happen to Michael. There will be a blood splatter across the balloon. I will tell you this. Every single second. I'd rather watch every second of Burn Notice multiple times on repeat than watch any more of the, the HBO Watchmen. Holy oh, fuck, God. that show sucks. Yep, and I'm watching oh. it because of Struggle Session. Oh, man. I'm, I'm honestly literally watching it because I like Trent Reznor's score a lot. Like, I might just, Ooh, that is good. I might just look away and listen to it. Man. <laughs> So, Jordan, we do a thing here. We, we didn't do it one episode, but we, we, we've been doing it kind of with semi-regularity of where we rate the episode, and we usually pick a, a different, like, token to represent the rating system. So mm-hmm. what's, what's like a – do we want to do out of a smiley face balloons? How many yeah. – out, out of 10, 10 smiley, smiley face, balloons? face balloons? Let's do it. Oh, out of 10. It's quite a few balloons. It's a lot of balloons. It's, a, it's, a, it's an up-style bouquet of balloons. So, but – question are we ready are we rating them against other episodes of burn notice or like in television history? i'm gonna let you rate it however you you want out of your own 10 yeah i think i've been mostly doing it just like on the episode itself as yeah. like a standalone episode more or less okay um oh am i going first if you like, why not I'm... yeah okay so out of 10 i think i would probably rate this episode of television like a Six. Okay. It's not. I didn't like fall asleep. It held my attention. <laughs> I felt like I had. Actually, you know what? I felt like I had to pay attention because everyone was speaking so quickly and so much exposition was just thrown at you right at the at, right at the start. That's right. Which 
I, I, you know, I'm one of those people that do a lot of like, I'm just on my computer, I'm on my phone while I watch TV. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that if I hadn't been paying attention, I would have definitely missed like any of the funny parts. Oh <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you can sort of tune out because it, it does get into like very exposition-y like, well, I remember this guy back in, um, you know, Africa or whatever. Like he just like, it's it's very exposition heavy on like- Yeah, and things. it's just, it's like, it's such a short, they'll like he and Sam will have a conversation. They'll have given me like four pieces of information that I needed to know. And the, the scene is over in like 15 seconds. Right. So uh, I think generally like, I don't know, like I, I would say like a nine would be like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Like, oh, okay. That's for me personally. So I would put this episode of Burn Notice at like a six. Nice. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, as a standalone episode of this show, I think I would give this one an eight, I think for me, because it had just enough of Sam Axe doing some fun stuff, talking about acorns, talking about um, toothbrushes, talking, throwing keys, stuff like that. Uh, and like it, it definitely had I, I don't want to give it any higher because he should have fucking like done what he does to all of the rest of the bad guys and just like blew these two guys away or just like ruin their lives. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair. So I'm giving this episode a 10 because of its relentless quest for truth. Wow. Where's Ghislaine Maxwell? Wow. Wow. This is the first 10 given to an episode of Burn Notice on this we show. We need the truth. Find Ghislaine wow. Maxwell. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Where's the cameras? Wow. We need the truth. Unbelievable. Well, and you know, a lot of other shows like this do some reviews, and I actually pulled a review of this show. Not of this particular episode, but of just the show itself. Oh, fun. Yeah, I pulled this from this, and this is from July 2007. So this is like when the show was concurrently airing. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so this was from um, Etreval on IMDb. First off, just like you, Paul, gave it a 10 out of 10. Um, they, the, the headline was just spectacular. Last week, Thursday was one of those days, the kind that gives you the choice of staring at the ceiling or perusing your DVR in hopes of finding something worthwhile, but rarely finding anything. Hey, guys, remember DVRs? (laughs) Hey, guys, remember DVRs? I was really hoping he'd say it's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up, but... uh... Right. (laughs) After sifting through the various Mythbusters episodes in my regularly recorded series... Oh, this is cool. Yeah, I came across something that had me utterly confused. Burn notice? The hell? What? I hadn't heard anything about the show, so I thought, screw it. I'm bored. Let's see if I can't squeeze some water from a stone. I can honestly say I'm utterly impressed with the show. I was floored by the entire piece. Jeffrey Donovan leads a very talented cast as the burned spy turned private eye Michael Weston. A man just trying to figure out why someone would put a burn notice out on him. Why would you put a burn notice out on your homies? (laughs) Yeah, don't burn your homies. Don't burn your homies. Don't burn your bros. (laughs) For those who haven't seen the show or the commercials, a bird notice is when a spy is cut off. No jobs, nothing. Donovan's acerbic delivery. Oh, this guy's very acerbic verbose. Acerbic delivery. Yes, an amusing narration pulled the show together. And his on-screen chemistry with acting veteran Bruce Campbell really keep the laughs coming. Really I'd highly recommend comedy. this show for those who like a mix of comedy and espionage. Oh, that's <laughs> five star. That is a how did this get made five star review caliber. That's, yes. for that's sure. beautiful. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is, yeah, I had to read that one. I, I, oh, I'll man. pull more as we go along. But I, I loved this one just because this was like 
I need to figure out how many episodes they had actually aired on July 6th because it couldn't have been the entire season. And this guy's like, this show is a 10 out of 10. I really want to I want to read that person's other reviews, too. Please, let's let's get that person's other reviews, because that sounds like a, an experienced review writer to me. <laughs> there, that's not the right? only review that person has written. Oh, no, I'm going through it now. They love basic cable. They love Chuck, Supernatural. Oh, yes. Oh, God, injected nice. into my veins. Yeah, hold on to that. Let's oh, yeah. go. <laughs> That'll be. We'll just stick to. We're gonna read completely, um, like fucking non-bird notice reviews just from this one person. You know what? You might. You might be right. <laughs> I think that's as good a time as any to get out of here. We went for a while today, folks. That was fun. That was. It was. That was great, Jordan. Thank you so much again for coming on and being our guest. Was there anything you'd like to plug? Um. You know, I don't have anything personally going on but uh one of my very close friends his name is tex hogland has just published a book 30 to 50 feral hogs <laughs> a meme porn parody and i think everyone should check it out i think the listeners of this podcast would definitely dig that please check that out and then uh where can uh do you want to be found in the socials do you want to plug any social stuff yeah yeah sure um i am big bug fam slurp fam um, follow me on Twitter at the Bonster Girl. That's B O N S T E R, and the regular way to spell girl, you'll find the me. regular normal that. way. I love the um, that book as well. And Jordan, are you going to BugCon 2020 as you did this year? Oh yeah, BugCon 2019, huge success socially for me. I went from like a hundred. Twitter followers to like 300. The magic. So if that's Huge not jump. a plug for BugCon. <laughs> there you go. You can get more followers, folks. And it's a great time. BugCon's amazing. It was a lot of fun. It's super fun. Everyone should go. Um, I want to hang out with everybody. Congratulations so. on becoming an influencer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm making that baller influencer cash. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, getting ours from the podcast factory soon. Uh, we're, we're expecting that. <laughs> So. It's yeah. It takes like you know twenty to thirty business years, I think. <laughs> Patience, folks. It pays off. Deferred gratification. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the, for, for the yeah, good things come to those who wait. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, I guess uh, I'll get into it. Uh, you can find me at Thick Flare TTV on t- uh, on Twitter. That's where I'm at on Twitter. Thick Flare TTV. That's two C's, no K's. Um, at Twitch, at Thick Flare, the, the stream is back, folks. We're streaming again. Uh, we're doing some gaming. We're doing a lot of wrestling stuff. Uh, we are watching a lot of MRE Steve. If you guys want to go down some weird YouTube rabbit holes, uh, give me a follow over there. Come hang out. Jump in chat. Say hello. We're talking about the podcast. Uh, Discord uh, also has a channel about uh, this very show, so you can jump in my Discord and do that. And, uh, Josh, where can they find you and where can they find us? They can find us on at Burn Notice Pod on Twitter as always. And uh, you can find me at Shake and Bakey. That's a shake with the N and then bake with a Y at the end. And um, that's pretty much on everywhere. Um, I'm also on Twitch with the same name. Um, I mainly just do gaming streams that end and in, sometimes go into weird territory. But, you know, there's also been some uh, talks of uh, me getting DJ Shake back on the uh, bug or KBZZ TV on Twitch. Buzz, buzz. Um, nice. That's a lot of fun, so check that out as well. And um, hey, burnafternoticing at gmail.com if you want to send anything in. That includes questions, comments, pet pictures, um, nudes. Probably not welcome unless you're cool with that, but I'm not going to request that because that's kind of weird. 
Uh, <laughs> you heard it, folks. Josh explicitly asked you to send him nudes. He's canceled. Exactly. That was that's my whole like reason for starting a podcast. Right? Is for the for the uh, adoring fans sending in their wonderful nudes. Thank you. All. Worked for Bugman. Thank you all so yeah, much. Yeah. See, <laughs> following in the bug's footsteps there. But yes, burn notice pod on Twitter. I also had uh, from Terrace Pod, but uh, that's going on a bit of a hiatus, folks. Unfortunately, but we should get back to you soon with that. Um, but I think that'll about do it for us here. Uh, Jordan, once again, thank you so much for appearing. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, Jordan, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to sign off here, as we always do, with the uh, our famous catchphrase, don't get burned. Don't get burned. Oh, real quick, don't say stay frosty anymore, because that uh, that weirdo from YouTube, uh, Peep This Out, does that. So we're done with, we're done with stay frosty. We're just going to oh, do boy. don't get burned. Oh. All right, yeah, don't get burned, and don't say stay frosty. Don't say stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs> there Perfect. we go. All right, folks, have a good one. <laughs> Bye.